0: back to the tape store everyone. This is Toby and this is Brooke. We were made in the 80s and play the 90s and we are really excited about this week's show because this is the first of what we hope are many episodes of the tape store where we explore and go through one of my favorite TV shows of all time from the 90s and that is the X-Files.
1: Yes. Awesome. Awesome show.
0: Yeah. Great show. Of course. Started in the '90s and went started in 1993 yeah. specifically, and then went through the entire rest of the '90s and then even into the 2000s.
1: But really, its golden age was like the early to mid '90s. Yeah, I would yeah. Say.
0: I mean, but it's had some the the most recent season, the 11th season, was in 2018 on Hulu. That's so right. Yep. It has had quite the longevity, mm-hmm. quite the popularity. And I really think it's one of those shows that's kind of timeless because it, it's reminiscent of that that Twilight Zone yes. you know type. Uh which is why I think we love shows like Are You Afraid of the Dark? Right. Which is I think like a Nickelodeon, like a kid's version of kind of like a Twilight Zone oh, yeah, totally. you know, type thing that deal with the paranormal and the supernatural and all those things. When I was a kid, when I was thirteen and this show came out, I had never seen anything like it. Right. Really. I mean, I had heard of the Twilight Zone and stuff, but like...
1: That was kind of like our par- like our yeah. parents' show or no, our grandparents' show. It was kind of like, ah, it's not really that scary. Yeah.
0: I mean... When, not for us. Not for us, because, you know, as culture changes and generations change and entertainment changes, right. I, I remember... It, it reminds me of when um, War of the Worlds... Uh, oh, God. When Steven Spielberg did War of the Worlds with Tom Cruise. Yeah. And... I was super hyped about it because I love Steven Spielberg. I love Tom Cruise, you know, and I, I was really tell- excited about it. I was talking to my dad <laughs> and my dad was like, oh, man, well, you need to go rent. God. You need to go rent and watch the War of the Worlds from like the 50s. Right. And and I, I think it was from the 50s.
1: It was definitely old. <laughs>
0: 1953. Jeez. Yeah. So
1: that is that is and, back there. Right.
0: And my dad was talking this up. <laughs> talking it up.
1: He is done and, and which he is wont to do. He has done this before. Yeah, he, he
0: did it with Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> with, Sherlock, with Basil when we were, Rathbone. Yeah, we were hyped about, you know, Sherlock Holmes because of Robert Downey Jr. And, and Benedict and the, Cumberbatch. And, and Benedict Cumberbatch <laughs> in their respective shows <laughs> and film.
1: And then here comes Ted.
0: And here comes my dad. He's like, well, we need to get together and watch the old Sherlock Holmes with Basil Rathbone, which is... He really did define the role. No, it was but it's again, iconic.
1: You can't deny that. But like, it's definitely dated.
0: Yeah, it, it's dated when you are used to watching things in your <laughs> time period. You know,
1: Mister Sherlock Holmes.
0: Right. I know it was that. Yeah. <laughs> it, it. You know. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah. I'm it was because the yeah because the the the, the Doctor Watson was real bumbling. Yeah, in it was that. just
1: bumbling kind of fool. Whereas
0: where I really like the more recent adaptations. Because yeah. Watson is actually very adept and very able. He's he's, he's, he's very different from Sherlock Holmes. And right.
1: even in both versions, in, in the Robert Downey Jr. version and the Benedict Cumberbatch yeah. version, they're both. And your dad has actually recently finally watched Sherlock, like yeah. the BBC show, and he actually gave his seal of approval. Oh, good. So right. we've come a long way.
0: <laughs> so, but all that to say, you know, The Twilight Zone, I, I remember it, you know, right. and, and, and yeah, it was me a too. big deal the x files was like our twilight zone
1: it was and it was like way more realistic in a way because it was like the fbi yeah the fbi was is dealing involved. with these things and like we're watching them yeah. struggle through the truth of it and,
0: and that was where the difference was so where the twilight zone you're 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 going through all of these uh, independent stories of of yeah. the of the unknown of the paranormal of the supernatural of the frightening and, and
1: you're t- and you're taking through this journey by a narrator who is like omniscient kind of who like knows all so like you feel like you're being ushered into it in a safe way but the the X-Files is not necessarily like that
0: no the X-Files this is where what you said it it brings those things and puts them in a real world setting Mm -hmm. where these things are being investigated by two federal agents yes FBI agents that's Fox Mulder played by David Duchovny and Dana Scully played by Jillian Anderson right and this show just became a massive hit. Yeah. And I remember again, I was thirteen. I don't think I mentioned that if if I had Either. or not. Okay, so I was thirteen when this came out. September tenth, nineteen ninety-three was when the pilot episode aired. And I just couldn't get enough. And the reason why was because I was into this stuff mm-hmm. years before X Files was ever came on you know, ever came on the scene. Right. I remember when I was like ten years old. In fifth grade, you know, when you have the book fair?
1: Yes, the best time of the year ever. Right,
0: it was. You could always get The, the
1: catalog, that freaking thin, tiny, thin right. catalog that just had all these amazing, oh, I love it.
0: It was great. That's well, a whole mood. I had a book, and I don't remember the title of it. I just recently found it because <laughs> I would never forget the cover. Right, never and and forget a face. I bought that at the book fair in fifth grade. <laughs> I was 10 years old, and I would secretly read it during class. That's so funny. And it was a, a compilation of stories about the Bermuda Triangle, planes that disappeared, UFO sightings, abductions, alien abductions, Bigfoot, the Loch Ness Monster. It was. I just was really, really obsessed with that scene. Right. <laughs> so when we get into the X-Files, here comes this guy, Fox Mulder, mm-hmm. who... Has like the same obsessions that really seem kind of geeky and nerdy. Right. You know, he's good looking. Yeah. He, he has style. Like, I love Mulder's style. Like, yeah. I, lo- I love, I love, he know. has awesome 90s style. Yeah, he does. <laughs> and so when I was a kid and saw this, I was like, man, this is like, this was made for me. Yes. The X Files was created by Chris Carter. He, it was kind of his brainchild. Mm-hmm. And this first episode that we're going to talk about tonight. Is called again pilot, right? First episode, directed by Robert Mandel and again written by Chris Carter. Again, this was like a big show, and I remember every, every I, I believe it came on Friday nights. Mm-hmm. I remember there were some nights when I missed it
1: because they would do reruns on Saturday night after Saturday Night Live. Oh, really? At least, I mean, I, I lived in, in Texas, Texas. so yeah. they had because it was always. It was Saturday Night Live, and then it was SNL, and then, it was out, right. and then later on, The Outer Limits.
0: I remember so. when I was around 13, 14, watching this show, 15. Mm-hmm. I mean, I watched it for years, and I remember not to be too, not to divulge too much of my personal life, but my parents divorced when I was 13, and I remember we were doing the Every Other Weekend with, mm-hmm. with Dad thing, and... I would be so livid at my dad because <laughs> oh. he would he would come and pick us up after school Friday right and take us to his house and I would almost always miss X-Files that week. Oh. And it was just yeah, it sucked. I loved the show, absolutely loved it. So before we jump into the episode, let's let's give some context about about what this show's about, right. which is this show really kind of has two different Two different approaches, two different... Because there are two different kinds of X-Files episodes. One type of episode covers the overarching journey of Fox Mulder. who's Yes, his
1: personal, like, almost spiritual kind of journey.
0: To discover the truth.
1: Whatever that may be. Well,
0: for me, the truth is... The uh, truth is out there. Yeah, the truth is out there. But what, what it is, for Mulder... And we're going to get into that in this episode because yeah, he, he's going to he's going to share it. he's going to share what really propelled him into his his crusade his mission right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But as I was saying, w- one type of episode is is Fox Mulder. Look, the protagonists are really Mulder and Scully. I mean, they are yeah, bo- they are sure. they are both the protagonists. But if you really want to dig even deeper, this is Mulder's journey. Yeah, it is. Now, spoiler alert. It becomes Scully's journey. Of course. They, they essentially become like they merge. Yeah, they merge. But this is really Mulder's mm-hmm. mission. His his I journey. I mean,
1: initially, Scully is our vehicle into Mulder's story. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely. how it starts. Like now, granted, we end up loving Scully just as much, but right. the only way we can get to Mulder story is for is for us to enter with Scully. That's and very that's, true. And that's kind of her yeah. I mean, that's not her only purpose, but that is her beginning purpose.
0: Right. And and Mulder is considered the true believer. Right. And Scully is considered the... The skeptic. The skeptic.
1: And that is why we asked you guys, we polled you guys yeah. about that on Instagram a couple days ago. And yeah. I am happy to say there are more believers than skeptics.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's good. I know well, but yeah so so two types of episodes, so uh, we already covered the first one and and they and they go they're intermittent, like some episodes would be about Mulder's journey right. mm-hmm. about Mulder's search for the truth, and then peppered throughout the seasons were also known as the monster of the week episodes right, where Mulder and Scully on this great journey mm-hmm. to find the truth also investigate these other bizarre cases which right. kind of stand alone and
1: and ultimately they are still part of that narrative of the truth the narrative of the fact that there are other things that we can't explain yeah right and there. that's
0: that's what really when when we were talking about what the truth actually is right it's not one thing Mm-mm. i think to try to sum it up the truth is out there it means for me And I'm sure there are other people who are into the show that are like, well, here's what it is to me. Right. But what is the truth? For me, it's the truth is that there are things that exist outside of natural law. Right. Conventional wisdom. Planet Earth. Yeah. yeah. Planet Earth. Yeah. Even physically. Yeah. But also uh, things that, that occur outside of natural science right what things that we call paranormal supernatural the fantastic yeah it's out there the, the 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 show really where the the difficulty comes in with this show is Mulder's inability to prove it because there are forces right. in the government fighting against him
1: right so he's not the only one that knows it's true that's the issue
0: right and we find that out pretty darn quick yeah so the show begins with an opening sequence. X-Files episodes always generally open with a cold open. To my knowledge, there's always like a cold open. Yeah, that's it just, a very,
1: it's a very law and order kind of feel mm-hmm. to it in a way.
0: It just sets the stage. It gives us a little bit of what we're going to be dealing with. Yeah. And it oftentimes ends with really a question like, what the heck was that? Yeah. What the heck just happened? What is the deal? So it's kind of a fasten your seatbelts moment. So, the opening sequence is different, really, from any other one. This is a pilot episode. We just see what would be known as the X-Files logo, the big, like, typewriter type X. Yes. With the, you know, and Career then... Courier or whatever. Yeah. It, yeah, it's like courier, like a like a true type font. Yeah. With um, the X-Files. It says, you know, you mm-hmm. got this larger X, and then in front of it says the X-Files. The X has a circle around it. And... It, it's just, you know, really kind of ominous. It's got this ominous, suspenseful sound effect going on. We've yet to hear the iconic, eerie, Ugh. and haunting X-Files I think that was song. my
1: most, like, re-watching this, I was, like, primed. I was ready for it, and it yeah. didn't happen. And I, that was, like, the biggest letdown. Because, I was, cause, you know, I mean, it was the pilot. Right. They, they didn't really they had to kind of feel out their audience, feel out the reception. Oh, so I'm sure. I was like, "Oh my god, no." Yeah. So, I mean, that that was the that was that's the only my only critique is that right. I just missed the theme song from the first episode.
0: So it does a fade to black and right. then it says the following story is inspired by actual documented accounts. Which for me is always really exciting. Yes. Kind of <laughs> raises this. what well, kind of raises the stakes of the story when you see based on a true story, based on actual events. Especially Before something really creepy or scary, it it really kind of, it raises the stakes of the story. You're like, okay, this is based on something, you know, kind of, the the story kind of hits you harder. All right. So we open in a dark wooded area at night. This young woman, which who appears to be wearing a nightgown is running frantically through the woods. It's not good. Right. Not good.
1: I just also wasn't super aware that like we wore nightgowns like that as grown women in the... Right. 90s. I just, that's just a sidebar. In part. general,
0: no, but I, like, I, I think, you know. <laughs> it
1: looked, I mean, aesthetically, it looked lovely. Yeah, but, it was you very know, nice. I was kind of like, I feel like you'd be wearing like a gym t-shirt and like shorts. Right.
0: I I think, yeah, who knows. Just a
1: sidebar. <laughs> <laughs> she, I would just have a wardrobe issue, that's all.
0: She stumbles down a hill and into this clearing, and over the hill that she stumbles over, mm-hmm. that she's fallen down, we see this brilliant light, and this dark figure, appears to be a man. Yeah. Emerges from the light. At the same time, this vortex-like wind begins swirling around her. She's laying again in the it's woods. It's getting
2: brighter all the while. It's,
0: yeah, there, there's a light that's getting brighter. Uh, and and this, this wind is picking up leaves and debris. It's like a column. Yeah. looks like the and, and she's looking up. A mechanical whirring sound is growing louder and louder. As the unidentified figure, shaped like a man, stands over her, they're overtaken by the bright light. Mm-hmm. And then we jump to the next morning-slash-afternoon. The woman is dead and a crime scene is swarming with law enforcement. The location is displayed in what will come to be known by all X-Files fans. Mm -hmm. And that, again, that true type courier font. Yep. Column National Forest, Northwest Oregon. So that's where we're at. Yeah. Northwest Oregon, Column National Forest. Two detectives are talking over the body. We find out that this lady, excuse me, this young lady, she died 8 to 12 hours ago. Her cause of death is unknown with no signs of violence. So, again, it's raising mm-hmm. these questions. There's no signs of violence. She's dead. And the only details on her are these two raised circular marks on her lower back. And they're red in color. The closest thing I would think would be like a, a mosquito bite. Like two
1: yeah, they're like two raised like welts, or you know. something. Or like moles. Yeah. Almost. yeah, almost like moles. Yeah, Probably,
0: yeah. One of the detectives that's examining the body recognizes the woman. Her name is Karen Swenson. And he recognizes her because she is a classmate of his son. One of the other detectives asks two mysterious questions. And that's, would that be the class of 89, detective? Mm -hmm. It's happening again, isn't it? Very ominous. Yeah, and the other detective doesn't answer. And in fact, he seemed really disturbed at... Like, why are you talking to me right now in front of all these people? Right, and more than just, like, disturbed that he's found a, a, Mm -hmm. a, a dead body. But he seems disturbed about other things.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, by, by that detective's question, we were like, oh, this is an ongoing issue right. that we're dealing with here, something unresolved.
0: Yes, absolutely. We then move to FBI headquarters in Washington, D.C., where we see a lot of people busy. It's, you know, it's, it's D.C., it's, you know, the capital of the country, and this is FBI headquarters, so it's bustling with people, but we are following this young woman, with red hair, dressed very professionally, and her walk is one of confidence. I mean, mm-hmm. she really she really seems to know where she's going. She seems very, very serious, moving with like a... Determined. Stri- yeah, a determination and a conviction. Right. She introduces herself and checks in. She says that her name is Agent Dana Scully.
1: At last.
0: Yes. She checks in, enters the office, and meets with this unnamed superior. That's... Right. That's, it's true. I, you know, I don't know who this guy was. I I looked when we watched again. I, right. I We watched the episode again. I, I looked on his desk, and I was like, okay, I don't see a name.
1: It's kind of fitting. Right. Though, because it's it, it doesn't matter who. In the end, it actually doesn't matter who. It's always the powers that be that, right. that end up, you know, and, foiling yeah. things. So I guess maybe, maybe that was on purpose. Maybe. That could have been intentional. And, and
0: as we go through the show... There are lots. There, there will be a lot of different authority Mm -hmm. figures that are going to both hinder and help our heroes. Right. So upon entering, we see another man Mm -hmm. as she walks in, standing off to the side, a tall, thin man wearing a dark suit, smoking a cigarette, really looking very ominous. Yeah, he
1: looks pretty brooding.
0: Yeah, kind of a specter. Yeah. Another gentleman is sitting at the right of the man at the desk, and the cigarette-smoking man walks to the other side. And this this really ominous cigarette-smoking man is incredibly important, if you yeah. don't already know. So we find that Scully has been with the Bureau two years. She was recruited out of medical school. When she speaks, there's a... There's an innocence, there's an eagerness to to prove herself. Right. But there's there's some naivety there. And I don't Mm -hmm. think it's bad because I don't think it's because she's not brilliant. I just think this is a woman she is brilliant. For sure. She is. Yeah. But this is someone who doesn't know that her whole life is about to change radically. Right. She's actually she has no idea that she's on like the cusp of her destiny. Right. And goes to show you never really know. Yeah, you, know, you don't know. When another, it, it was another. It was another day at the office for Dana Scully. Well, they ask her if they know someone named Fox Mulder, another agent, mm-hmm. whom Scully knows of by his reputation. An Oxford-educated psychologist, he's brilliant. Yeah, had a knack for analyzing sil- serial killers, and he also has a reputation for being. Um, Definitely outside the box. Definitely right. someone that paints outside the lines. Mm-hmm. In fact, she she looks at the cigarette smoking man and says, "We know him as he's refer. He was called at the academy spooky Mulder." Right. And she kind of <laughs>, laughs, but the cigarette smoking man's like not having it.
1: He's not happy about that.
0: Well, her spe- the superior informs her that Mulder has recently become involved in cases outside of mainstream bureau cases. Right. Agent Scully has very limited knowledge of this of these cases that are that are uh, collectively known as the X-Files. Mm-hmm. She just knows that they deal with unexplained phenomena. Her superior then reveals her assignment. She is to assist Agent Mulder with the X-Files cases and write her own detailed reports, her own. Right. Scully does not appear to like her assignment and asks outright. Mm-hmm. Very. The first time we meet Scully, she basically asks, is my job to debunk the X-Files?
1: Right. She's not stupid she knows exactly what they're doing
0: And the superior doesn't say yes or no he just says we trust you'll make the right scientific you know anal- right. you know that you'll analyze this properly and uh, he says we trust you'll make the proper scientific analysis.
1: And on one hand I think they chose her because yes obviously she is brilliant um, uh, you know Mulder will go into it later about how brilliant she is but also she is green. She's yeah. really new, looking to and, prove herself. Yeah. yeah, and likely nobody else wanted to be with Mulder. No, so they saw they, someone new. They, they saw her, and they kind of eh, probably t- took advantage of her her desire to make a name for herself because she said she got recruited out of the medical field right. because she thought she could make something of right. herself. In the
0: and, and with her knowledge of science and medicine, they thought she has hard practical knowledge. Yes. That's going to that's going to that She's
1: rooted in logic. Yeah,
0: that's going to you Know, go in and be able to give real practical explanations of these things that Mulder thinks right are far from practical, in fact, right. completely the opposite. So, like you said, this was taking advantage, and, and yeah, it was. And, th- and I just think they thought we got someone that's just going to report right back to us the way it, you know, right. exactly and, and what we need, what we want to hear. We'll
1: get this gone, yeah, right. Yeah, I think they thought they were taking care of a problem,
0: right? But <laughs> little do they know, they know, little do they know, they're creating two massive ones. Right. Which we love. Right. So Scully goes to meet Mulder. She goes to his office, knocks on the door, and we hear his voice on the other side of the door say, there's nobody here except FBI's most unwanted.
1: <laughs> In true Mulder sarcastic right. fashion. Yeah,
0: he's definitely snarky and sarcastic. He knows what everybody thinks of him. Uh, Scully enters the office and we see this messy kind of, you Bad know...
1: scientist layer. Yeah,
0: really. And... Pictures of UFOs everywhere. Uh, and one particular poster stands out, which we know yes. is the iconic, I want to believe. It's a pic- it's a poster of a UFO. And under it in big white letters, I want and to believe. And we
1: all want to believe.
0: Right. Their first meeting is very courteous, you know, but not without tension. You know, Scully seems willing to jump in head first, but Mulder is kind of like, hey, what'd you do wrong, right? Yeah. To get with me. You know, they put you here. Mulder immediately starts putting forth the assertion that being assigned to him is either a punishment for her or she's spying on him.
1: Right. He's not, again, he's not dumb either. They're both no. incredibly smart.
0: But after this brief introduction, he jumps right in and he puts Scully to task. He, he pulls up a slide, you know, the old slide shows oh, still yeah. being used in the 90s. <laughs> it's a mysterious case from Oregon, exactly what we were visited with in the opening scene. He shows Scully photos from the crime scene, particularly the marks on the back, mm-hmm. right? And this mysterious organic substance that's found around the markings that that is an unknown substance. Yeah, and she Sco- he,
1: he asked for her to use her expertise, and she's right. like at a loss.
0: She cannot give a, a direct answer as to or a concrete answer as to what the markings are. Right, and she cannot at all. In fact, when I watch that scene, when she looks at that at that, uh, he shows her the substance, which he gives her like it's. You know, like in science, yeah. the, the different um, molecules. Put he gives her like a m- molecular right diagram of the substance, and Scully actually looks a little frightened. Like I don't know what the heck that is, right? So she doesn't know. She thinks that that, that the marks could be needle punctures, but she she again she can't she can't explain she can't what this sub- no. exactly. and she can't explain what the substance is. Molder then one ups her and says, mm-hmm. "This exact ph- uh, phenomenon has occurred in South Dakota." In Texas, and that Karen is the fourth person in her graduating class that has had this happen, class of 89. Yes. Karen is not the first. She is the fourth person in the same graduating class of high school students that have died under mysterious circumstances. So Mulder flat out asked. That have
1: died or have met almost death.
0: Right. Mulder flat out asked Scully if she believes in aliens, to which Scully says (laughs) No according to conventional wisdom. She kind of goes through this thing, oh, you know Right, she has a uh, rhetoric. You know, they can't go this speed, and they can't, you know, she's kind of talking about technology and stuff, and Mulder's just like, in a very impassioned moment, says, when conventional wisdom no longer applies, one must begin to open their mind to what he calls the fantastic. Mm -hmm. And Scully counters that what's fantastic is the notion that there are answers beyond the realm of science. And I think that's such a great moment because yeah. this is the key moment.
1: This sets them up.
0: Mulder, if there, if we can't explain it, it must be fantastic. Scully, no, it has to be explained. Yeah,
1: there is no fantastic.
0: There is no fantastic. They've met the true believer and the skeptic. They've made their claims, mm-hmm. and now they're going to begin their journey together.
1: So before we move on to the, the next part of their of their journey, um, I do want to uh, remark on something that I noticed, a parallel
0: yeah. in films. There's a real good point you made. Yeah.
1: Um so I'm a big Thomas Harris fan. Uh I, that he is the author of Silence of the Lambs, Red Dragon, Hannibal, uh, all those books. And obviously the movies, you know, they they came from the books. So in 1991, Silence of the Lambs came out, you know, into theaters. It was huge. And, you know, we see Clary Starling, who is a green, new FBI agent. And she is very eager to prove herself. She is very in awe of Jack Crawford, who right. is like the head of the behavioral science, I believe, unit of, of the FBI. And she want, that's what she wants to do. So he calls her in and he's like, hey, I want you to do this, um, like, personality survey kind of thing with Hannibal Lecter. And he's okay. like, don't let him get in your head, blah blah blah. But he has an ulterior motive. He but wants and much like Scully. Um- yes, and so all that to say is when Scully comes in, because yeah. Clarice comes into this man's world. It's like all guys, all everywhere, mm. and it's just her and her little pantsuit. And Scully's very similar. She comes in her little pantsuit, and it's mostly guys. She comes in and is green. Eager, very smart, incredibly intelligent, top of her class. Just and like has Clary's. no idea
0: what she's getting into. Has either. no
1: real idea. No, she's just she knows. She thinks she knows what she wants and what right. she's getting into. And when she walks into that office, they say, "Hey, we want you to be part of the X Files." Mm-hmm. And don't let him get into your head. Right, he's like it's the same. It's like the same kind of conversation. Absolutely, yeah. With I a different ending, with a different you know. Well, sure. Path. But,
0: but I, I, I do. I couldn't help but see the similarities when you brought yeah, it up. Yeah, and it so. was just
1: neat because I mean, Scully's very different. She is her, you know. She's she's very much her own character. But that uh, I thought, I thought was a. I think it was a smart parallel, to be honest, because we kind of, for me, it was like a, a familiar. Like, okay, I'm, I, I'm total, I'm totally on. Right. I'm totally ready for this story. But uh he but they do, but it's it's the same kind of idea of they they don't they don't really want her to become chummy. They want her no. to report on him. right. And she does become chummy with him. So of course. you know, in right. that way, it is similar to right. their situation.
0: So when they get to Oregon, remember there's been four victims all from this graduating class of 89. Well, when they get there, we find out actually as they're driving, the FBI had already investigated this case mm-hmm. and basically just kind of was like, uh, we don't know. We don't know what to do We this. don't know what to do with this. And it got buried. And he and, you know, Mulder has dug this thing back up. Speaking of digging, the first thing that they do when they get into Oregon is they exhume the body of the third victim. Yeah. A third victim, which his name is Ray Soames. So remember, there's the fourth victim was Karen. So they go back to the third victim. Right. So they, they want to make comparisons. Yeah, they want to. Yeah, they're 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 going back and and they want to make some comparisons. It's
1: pretty intense to think like I mean the FBI comes to town and like the very first thing they do is exhume a body. That's pretty intense.
0: Right. It is. And on the way to exhuming the body, actually, they're driving down the road mm-hmm. and their car starts to act weird. It start the car radio begins to malfunction. The mm-hmm. clock in the car starts going nuts. Mulder stops the car. He gets out. <laughs> Gets a can of orange spray paint out of the trunk and paints an X on the road. Scully's confused. Mulder's like, oh, that's probably nothing. By this point, <laughs> Mulder just knows you think I'm weird. so He doesn't explain himself. No. And, it's, and it's great, yeah. honestly. So when they get there to exhume the body, again, uh, Ray Soames, the third victim, they're interrupted by Jay Neman, the the county medical examiner, right? Who has his daughter with him, who looks really, really alarmed. She looks like she really wants to talk to Mulder and Scully, but he's like, "No, stay in the car." Yeah, she's trying really? to get out. Yeah, it's weird. He get he's upset. Uh, he's angry. He's like, "Look, you know, I I feel like you you guys digging up this body looks bad on me because you're trying to say that I didn't I didn't um examine his yeah, body correctly." He's super curricula- defensive right, right. away. He, he leaves angrily because Mulder and Scholar are like, look, this is what we're doing. This is what we're investigating. Just right, You we're need not, to be okay with yeah, it. Yeah, back off. The exhuming begins, and here's the thing about Ray Soames. Ray Soames was 20 years old when he was found dead of exposure, strangely, on a warm summer day in Oregon. He was missing right. seven hours, and he was found dead of exposure on a summer day in Oregon. He was—to t- right. die of exposure— I, if I'm not mistaken, it takes a little longer than...
1: Well, it would either be ex- exposure to extreme heat right. or extreme cold.
0: Right. Not a normal day.
1: Neither of which would happen in a mere seven hours on a warm day.
0: And before his death, he had been treated for schizophrenia and even more strangely had confessed to the first two murders. Mm. But could not produce evidence that he did them. So this is weird. He's acting strange. He's he's being treated for, for mental illness. And and he's he confessed that he killed the first two people. Right you know when he eventually became the third right during the exhumation the harness on the vehicle there's like this big like you know <laughs> like a you know a bulldozer or something i, know, I was like i don't know what I, I, construction yeah vehicle what it was. construction vehicles pulling the coffin out but the harness on the it was a crappy one yeah the harness on that's lifting the coffin, coffin out breaks and the coffin goes tumbling down a hill and opens and inside the coffin is a decayed corpse that looks far from human. Yeah. It it's small. It's it
1: doesn't even have like I mean it has a head but like it's there's shaped, no face. It's shaped
0: like, very. It's shaped weird. It it's it's not even shaped like a human. You know? No. I mean it's got arms and legs but it's not. It just does not look like a human.
1: Mm-mm, not even a little bit.
0: And Scully does an autopsy, confirming
1: mm-hmm. that the
0: body isn't human. This is a win for Mulder. Mulder's ecstatic. <laughs> he, he's of ta- he's taking pictures. He's loving it I and mean, he's very passionate. He's like this is the possib this is what I've been looking for the possibility that the body could be alien alien in origin, you know. Yeah. And Scully thinks it's either an ape or an orangutan, which Mulder's like, "Are you serious?"
1: Right. I mean, we know it we but know it's not the audience.
0: He wants a full workup on the body to confirm what it is. Now, remember he's taking pictures. Right. And again, he has Sc- evidence. Scully's doing everything she can to, to do her job that that her boss has told her to. She's mm-hmm. trying to explain this off. It's an ape. It's an orangutan. But it's obviously something very very otherworldly. At least that's how it appears. Additionally, Scully finds a small odd metal implant in the nasal cavity of the body. Looks like this little metal capsule. Yeah. You know, and you it imme- you immediately beckon to like implants that are put mm-hmm. into abductees. Right. Right. Now remember this guy suffered from schizophrenia right during during this whole whole time this stuff was happening. So they find out that two of two other people that were classmates of Ray, class of 89, mm-hmm. are at the hospital too. So this is weird. Right. So all these people from the same graduating class to Mulder and Scully's surprise, they find out after further investigating that there are two classmates alive. In yep. the mental hospital that Ray was in. So what is happening to these kids? And no one
1: said anything. No one that that's no. the thing. Like law enforcement, no one is uh, offering up like that that is a that's a link. Right. They should have said something.
0: The two kids are Billy Miles and Peggy Odell. Billy is in a waking coma and is considered brain right. dead. So mm-hmm. he he is
1: He just lays there.
0: He just appears to be useless. Right. As far as as far as questioning and, and asking. Right. You know, and Peggy is in a wheelchair but she's conscious. They try in fact, you know, Mulder and Scully get to the hospital try talking to him. Yeah. And she erupts in a fit and has a nosebleed. Right. And she falls over and of course reveals when she falls over that on her back are the same two little dots that Karen had. Yep. So something is going on. Right. With with this group of kids, this all the same age all from the same graduating class Mm -hmm. what is happening to them
1: there's some kind of link but we don't know what it
0: is right and of course Mulder and Scully are arguing over what is causing this Mulder thinks that the kids have been abducted by aliens right Scully holds to the belief that there is an explanation possibly a serial killer but maybe if they go back to the forest they'll find out the answers the forest where where Karen's found the body where where they found the body in the beginning of the fourth victim Mulder and Scully do go to the forest where Karen's body was found at night, Ugh. the scariest time to go. No, but if you're, but you know, if you're if you're trying to figure things out, and you don't want a lot of. Yeah, attention I mean, like they, or, they
1: left like right from there, so it's not like they waited.
0: Mulder and Scully are looking around, and Mulder looks down and immediately knows that his comp- his compass is going awry. Mm, like yep. it's 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 not staying. It's not tr- pointing due north. No, it's turning and moving in different directions before they can even really get into anything. We hear this mechanical sound, and we see this bright light over the hill. So mm-hmm. we're thinking, man, this is this is it. Right. They're going to come in. They're the, going to see it. They're going to make contact with something. Well, they do, but it is with the. <laughs> <laughs> it's with the detective from the beginning, a detective who's with the county sheriff, particularly <laughs> the one from the beginning, yeah. who who recognized Karen as a, someone that went to school with his son. Right. And he runs them off the property. So this guy knows something. Right. And he does not want Mulder and Scully near it. So once they're going back from the property, they're going back to their hotels. Scully reveals that she took a sample of this strange ash that was all over the ground. Yeah. In the crime scene. And she thinks there must have been cult activity in the forest. She is just trying, trying to get hard. something to stick. I know. They're inter- trying. Yeah. They're interrupted, though, when the car starts going crazy again.
1: Probably the same spot.
0: A bright flash of light overtakes Mulder and Scully, and we get a quick glimpse of the time, 9.03 p.m. Moments later, Mulder and Scully are still in the car. It's completely dead, except it is 9.12. And Mulder and Scully have no recollection of what had happened in the past nine minutes. So they have lost time, which, if if you've really looked into UFOs, abductions, lost time is like a prime indicator that, you know, You've been taken.
1: Yes, yeah, something has happened to you.
0: Mulder gets out of the car, and sure enough, as you said, right where he sprayed an mm-hmm. X, there's something about this location.
1: Yep. Right outside of where they were in the forest.
0: Right, and this is jubilation. Mulder is loving this. Yes. Skull is still <laughs> isn't buying it. And that's crazy. Even after losing, like, you just lost nine minutes, it, you know. I know. But later that night, while working on her report, the power in her hotel room goes out, and she undresses to take a shower, and freaks out when she sees two marks on her back that look like the previous victims. And they did, they did, they looked just like them. So she runs to Mulder, and this is this is a this is a really special this is a special moment here. Yeah. She runs to Mulder, just in a blanket, right? And Mulder inspects the marks, and she's like in her underwear, yeah, like in her skibbies, yeah.
1: her skibbies,
0: and they're mosquito bites. And Scully's first reaction when she finds out is she just leans into Mulder and he hugs her. I know.
1: It's so sweet.
0: This is really important because we see that even though these two are just starting out, there's this, an immediate connection. Mm -hmm. There's an immediate care that I think, that I think is beyond really their explanation. I just think they connected. Yeah, they do. For
1: some, for some reason, because they're so different.
0: And of course, when you're scared and you're with a friend, you stay up all night. Yep. And they do. And it's this is, sweet. I love it. They stay up and talk all night, and this is where we learn about mm-hmm. Mulder and his mission and his backstory. It all starts with his sister when he was 12. Yeah. When he was 12 and she was 8, she vanished without a trace. There was no evidence. Uh, later in life, Mulder became successful in the FBI, and so yeah. Mulder said, you know, as I got success in the FBI, I used my freedom to to start perusing the X-Files. As it turns out, Mulder's quest about his sister really kind of aligns with his passion about the yeah. unknown, mm-hmm. and it's now and his, that makes sense. Yeah, it's it's his life mission. It's important for us because this overnight discussion between Mulder and Scully reveals to us the overarching story that's going to yeah. really last the entirety of the show. Yeah, and it's mm-hmm. Mulder's search for the truth that began with his sister's unexplained disappearance. Yeah, which we do get into more. In later, uh, and, yeah. and, 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 and later episodes, we find out more about the story and about that night that she disappeared. So, Mulder confides to Scully another problem. As he has tried to dig deeper into the truth that someone in the government is stopping him. Mm-hmm. And he tells Scully that whether she knows it or not, she's a part of that agenda. Yep. Mm-hmm. And we know that, oh, we beca- know that yeah. because of the meeting, the Clarice Starling meeting.
1: Yeah, like, hey, you you are here to debunk. The X Files.
0: Yeah, they they saw her as a pawn yep. that could get information and that could that that could help them. I think torpedo the X Files. Yeah. But Mulder is, you know, he's clever, he's smart, he's no boy scout, and you know, he he, he knows what's happening. So he's making really an emotional appeal. He's like Scully, listen, I, I'm not some kook. I mean, I I really this is this is something this very is clo- real to me. Yeah, this is real to me. This is very close to my heart. You know. They're interrupted by a phone call. Their their little slumber slumber party. I know, informing them that Peggy Odell, the girl from the wheelchair, is dead. She ran outside inexplicably and was struck by a car. Why is it strange?
2: She ran. She outside. ran
0: outside. She was in a wheelchair. Mulder and Scully. So how was she able to do that?
2: Right. Exactly.
0: Mulder and Scully rush to the scene where Scully looks at the body and notices Peggy's watch stopped. At 9.03, it was like Ooh. just after 9, yep. which we know what happened at 9.03. Oh, that yes. was when Mulder and Scully lost time. And then the bombshell. The strange body found in Ray Soames' coffin has been stolen. Mulder, he knows what's happening. He goes, we got to get back. We got to get back to the rooms, yeah. their the, the hotels. He already knows. And when they get there, they are greeted by the fire department, mm-hmm. which is putting out the fire in their hotel rooms. They lost the pictures. They lost the x-rays all gone
1: and that is it's hard to imagine that is accidental
0: Mulder's enraged and I, I scully it's she's starting to realize like
1: she's like whoa this is like not you're not just a crazy person someone's actually what is going like, on somehow here? somehow someone is after this crazy stuff you're talking
0: about and this is where it gets really the plot thickens because Teresa nemmen the young girl mm-hmm. the daughter of the county mental medical examiner who was so eager to speak to them yeah Approaches them as they're watching their evidence just burn, and she begs them for protection. They take her to a diner, and she shares her story. She's losing time. She's finding herself in the woods. Mm -hmm. Exactly what was happening to Ray and Karen and and the other two victims, these four victims. Yep. So she's terrified. She's like, I'm next, because the same stuff's happening to me. Yeah, she's
1: like, "I I know what's coming. Can you protect me?
0: And she's in the class of 89. Yep. They're interrupted. Dr. Neman finds them in the diner, busts in. And not only is it Dr. Neman, but also the detective who is re- who is revealed to be the father of Billy Miles.
1: And Billy Miles is the, the kid, one who's in who's who's like comatose. He's the other kid from right. the class
0: of eighty-nine who's in the waking coma. So it's it they're, they're all connected, but yep. here's these two parents of these kids that are connected mm-hmm. playing interference. Thumbs up. Scully sees a chance for an explanation and she asserts that she knows who the murderer is So Scully now she, she's gone from you know uh some some kind of cult to to this is some kind of a murder right it's she's like still
1: a, trying to find a rational explanation for it which you know I mean that's fair because once you've you know exhausted all your rational resources right. all that's left is as he says the fantastic
0: Mulder sees something larger, as you said just now. He he sees something much more sinister at work, a cover up for something that can't be explained. Right. Something fantastic. Something greater than just a serial killer. Yeah. I don't mean greater, like, oh it's great. No, no, no. Some, something <laughs> much more something
1: with much more uh, like a much a bigger bl- 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 deal. Danger and intensity. Yeah.
0: Mulder has an epiphany. He believes that the murderer, or at least in his mind, the person responsible is Billy Miles after after looking at everything. Well, why is that? Let's, let's go into it. Scully can't <laughs> believe this, of course. No,
1: she's like, he's in a coma. Like, what are you talking
0: about? It is what happened to Peggy O'Dell, her mm-hmm. running from yeah. her wheelchair. He said something is controlling them. Yep. Mm-hmm. So Billy's in a waking coma until he's not.
2: Right, exactly. And
0: something is summoning Billy out of the coma to do something, forcing Scully to reluctantly admit that she saw the time on Peggy O'Dell's mm-hmm. watch, 903.
1: Yeah, because we see her see it, but she doesn't mention it to Mulder yet until this moment.
0: So this because is, she's yeah. probably
1: like, there's no way.
0: Right. So this is important. It's important because Mulder gives his conclusion, which he often does in the show. Mulder will kind of give his, yeah. his conclusion mm-hmm. that a lot of times is right. So here's the Mulder moment. <clears throat> he gives his conclusion. The kids have all been abducted, summoned, implanted, And are now being controlled by an extraterrestrial force. Mm -hmm. The forest seems to be a sort of ground zero for the abductions. Mulder thinks they're being tested, the people that are taken. And that the test causes mutations, which explains the strange body. Yeah. Uh, Well, well, it explains why Ray Soames' body didn't look human anymore. No. Oh, God, no. Scully laughs at this because she has no defense. All she can do at this point is ride the wave. This is her first case with Mulder, and she is already seeing things that are like, that she really can't explain. Right. Even And if she, she usually
1: to. has an answer for everything.
0: They visit Billy Miles. They go back, because they think he's somehow responsible. Right. Even though Mulder's explanation is nuts, they visit him. Scully notices that on Billy Miles' feet mm-hmm. is the same dust she found at the forest. Now, she lost the sample, but she knows. Yeah. She knows what it is. Scully th- does think Miles is the killer. That much she knows. Right. <laughs> Since her first dust sample was lost, they they, they want to go get another. She's like, we've got to go get another sample so we can right. match. So they get there, and it gets nuts. They pull up. They hear a scream and run to the sound, and then stuff just starts happening. Mulder and Scully are going to where they hear this scream in the forest. Scully is knocked unconscious. I mean, she's walloped yeah. by Detective Miles who then attempts to stop Mulder at gunpoint. Whatever is happening, (laughs) Neman and Miles are covering this up. Yeah, for sure. Miles turns the gun from Mulder and heads to the clearing where the abductions have been taking place. We see Billy Miles, not in a coma, very much alive and well, in a vortex column of dust and debris (laughs) just like the beginning, and he's holding Teresa Neman. It's
1: full circle.
0: Miles attempts to shoot his own son but is tackled by Mulder. A bright light appears above them. Scully, of course, because she got the crap knocked out of her. Right? Is she misses it? She's unable to see things from Mulder's vantage point. The light mm. suddenly leaves. It goes out. The mechanical whirring ceases. Whatever was there, which was obviously some kind of aircraft, yeah, is gone. Billy Miles suddenly comes to and seems to to be like normal. He's like, what? Like. He has no recollection of anything nor any understanding of what he was doing with Teresa. Detective Miles embraces his son. Scully walks up saying she only saw a light. <laughs> and now we go to March twenty second, nineteen ninety two, FBI headquarters, where Billy has been brought to be analyzed and questioned about the events. He said, and this is this so this is what Billy said happened. Yeah. A light appeared during a graduation party in the woods, which explains what? A graduation party explains why.
1: Class of 89.
0: The kids were right. all, yeah.
1: They were all celebrating their graduation.
0: He said a light took him away to a testing place and he was instructed by a voice, an unknown voice, to gather others for testing. That's why he was right. carrying, mm-hmm. you know, Teresa. And that's why he was with Karen in the beginning. He was, he was following the bidding of this voice. Wow. Yep. He said that something he was, was
1: for some reason given the marching orders.
0: Right. And he said that something was put in his head and he would await orders. He only said that the light was the one that gave the orders, but that the test didn't work, so the evidence had to be destroyed, which is why the kids were dying. Yeah. Mulder's in the room with Billy and the psychologist, Scully and her superiors, the ones that put <laughs> her you know, the ones that that, assi- that assigned her to Mulder from the beginning. Yep. And the mysterious cigarette smoking man mm-hmm. are watching in a nearby room through through the glass. You know, the, right, they're of watching through the glass as the superiors fall out. Scully and Mulder exchange a very very powerful glance. Almost Moulder saying, "Like, see, mm-hmm. you see see what I am dealing with." <laughs> it's clear that while she may not fully understand, Scully really can't dispute though, right? Th- what happened in Oregon with him with Moulder? And I
1: think also for Scully, what's important. Is uh, being intelligent, being like Mulder is not just like a country bumpkin that is like I believe in UFOs. Like he has science on his side, he's brilliant. Yeah, he has rhetoric and he has all of these just incredibly intellectual things at his disposal. And with all of that, right, he is still able to see that these this phenomena is real.
0: Right, and Scully turns out. To not be the easily impressionable, easily manipulated pawn Mm -hmm. that her superiors thought when they assigned her to Mulder, she, to their disappointment, ultimately all Scully can say is that she cannot explain nor substantiate the strange events that happened in Oregon. She basically just gave them like a, I don't know what happened. Right. She couldn't fully subscribe to Mulder. Right. But she also could not say... This is what happened scientifically. Right. When her superior says she has no physical evidence, Scully actually, as it turns out, does. Yep. You remember mm-hmm. the little nasal implant. Little she had. Ha- she had it in her pocket. hmm It survived the fire. And it's made of a material that cannot be identified. She ran tests on it. So when they asked Scully what Mulder thought, she says, Agent Mulder believes we are not alone. Mm-hmm. She's then dismissed, and as she leaves, she passes the mysterious cigarette-smoking man who, while simply passed her and kept walking, drew Scully to turn around and give him a second look. There's something about that guy.
1: Yeah, he's not. mm, He's not right.
0: Later that night, Scully receives a call from Mulder who notifies her that the case file and all the paperwork that they have put together on the case disappeared. All that work they did. Uh, It's gone.
1: It's like literally for nothing.
0: And Scully doesn't even react. I mean after I mean are you surprised? She's just kind of like, oh.
1: <laughs> "Of course. <laughs> what else could happen?"
0: We then see the mysterious cigarette smoking man during an unknown time, I'm assuming, you know, either during this, you know, d- maybe during the conversation that Mulder and Scully right. were having or sometime after this, walking into what looks like a massive storage room. He goes into an evidence box and takes out a tray filled with implants exactly like the one found mm-hmm. in Oregon. He places the one Scully turned in him into the tray and leaves through an exit door labeled Pentagon. And that is how it ends.
1: That is the pilot.
0: And that is it. So yeah, I mean again.
1: What a great setup. I mean, like, for a pilot, it was already so cohesive.
0: Yeah. We we see right away that we are dealing with a a a really, really, really uh complicated problem. Yep. We have two very able, passionate heroes. Yes. Mulder and Scully. And Scully has her own passion. Yeah. Her own conviction. And Mulder has that too. And but we see now what they're up against. Yeah. You know, when we see that word Pentagon, we know they are against this machine of the government. Yeah. That is go that that obviously is working against. The things that they seem to be figuring out that can't be explained, right? And and yeah, so this is an exciting like you know launching point. Yeah, for the, I mean I I just you know this has really felt like we've been watching these again for the first time. I know. So so when we watch this, I mean, wanting to do an, a show was like. Oh, of course, we have to this because I feel like we j- I felt like we went back in time into the nineties and watched this really great show for the first time. <laughs> I mean, it, like, it really
1: uh, felt like it was the first time I'd ever seen it.
0: Yeah, so it has been fun rediscovering it.
1: So if you um if you have Hulu, uh, yes. all of the seasons are on there. So I would get on there and start watching them because it's just right. too much fun. Well,
0: what do you, well what yeah, and what reawakened our interest in the X Files was I was at a Goodwill and just <laughs> happened to see. The entire first season on DVD. Yep. And I was like, I can't walk out of here without this. Right. There's I mean, no way. It was way.
1: super cheap. There was no yeah, way. Yeah, it was like $4.99. Yeah.
0: So I bought that. And then we, when we went on the mountains, mm-hmm. we found season four. And we posted that on the uh, yeah, on, our, on Instagram. our Instagram. And I was like, let's just watch these. I mean, I love yeah. this show. And man, if it didn't pull us in, I feel like I'm rediscovering my uh, fandom. It's just breathed new life it's into it. It's so good. It. I love David Duchovny and Jillian Anderson. Their chemistry...
1: It was... It's so good.
0: And I just immediately loved and and related to Mulder. And I don't know if I mentioned this before, but it was cool seeing someone that was into the things I was into that really yeah. seemed kind of geeky and dorky. Mm-hmm. It was encased in this really cool, stylish, like, dashing guy. Yes. But he didn't emote that.
1: No, he was very... Like I said, like like I ex- described his room, he was very mad scientisty mm-hmm. in a way. Like, he... He gets into these kind of manic phases where he's like, "Okay, I got, I just got to go figure this out." But like, right. he's also real, like, charming and snarky. and like.
0: And he he's cool. And he's you just see, super cool. Yeah, and I think, like you said, we're si- we're we are experiencing this really kind of through Scully's. Yeah,
1: we are Scully essentially, and and we're s- we're reacting to Mulder and and taking him right. in and figuring him out.
0: And we love him immediately, but the thing about it is, is so does Scully. I mean, when they had that moment where where she's relieved that, that those mm-hmm. marks or mosquito bites, when yeah. she just falls into him, I think we knew, like, this is this is going to be such an important relationship. Yes, You know, so... But, yeah... And th- it only gets better from there. It obviously. does. And I'm already, you know really excited to, to do another episode yes uh, like you know i think i'm ready I'm yeah a, <laughs> i'm ready. so you will definitely be hearing more about the x-files we definitely plan on reopening the x-file cases uh, oh, definitely. On, on the tape store podcast so well uh why don't we wrap things up so unless you have anything else
1: i, I mean we could talk forever but no <laughs> we have a 90s relic
0: that I accidentally left in here oh it's, perfect it, it's a brian adams tape
1: like a like a cassette tape
0: yeah, oh, it's a, oh, I got a player too. I got I got a Walkman. Oh, it's not an actual Walkman. It's an off-brand, it's a Jensen.
1: But, oh yeah, Jensen was all right though. Yeah,
0: well, it is. Yeah, it works. Yeah, dude was selling this on eBay for like six bucks, and I I, I clicked watch. You know, on yeah, eBay, and they if, offer you a deal. Oh, this dude came up and offered me like for sixty percent off. I'm like, are you kidding me? This he is must like,
1: have really wanted to get rid of that thing. I don't know, but
0: it works. I was listening to it earlier. I had a Aww. Brian Adams. Look at you. You want it? You got it. That's the name of the album. <laughs> And that is the '90s relic that just happened to be in here, so that's Perfect. great. I Need to find some X Files related stuff. That's not boxed well, we up.
1: Ha- I was gonna say we have them. They're yeah, just not here. we
0: do have some cool stuff, but it's boxed up. I don't want to even talk about what it is because I wanna. I wanna wait till we have it out. <laughs> okay. We've had to box up all our stuff, guys. We, we, we wanna. <sighs> we wanna. We wanna get into a bigger room with the podcast and stuff, and really, really expand our decorations. and yes, Our, our 90s collections relics. and posters and stuff really make a happy place. But you know, we're doing what we can do for now. Exactly. Find us on Instagram, right? The Tape yes, Store
1: at the Tape Store, and we're on Twitter as well. The Tape Store Pod, yeah. Um, we're on
0: many podcast platforms. Yes,
1: we're. On mo- I mean, most of them. I know. Th- I'm sh- not all of them because there's so many. But yeah. you know, we're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify, Google, I believe, uh, Anchor, of course. So I mean, whatever your fancy is, you can find a way to listen to us.
0: Yes, and if you like what you hear, please leave us a rating. And as always, of course, we want to thank you for your time. It's, again, something that, you know, we do not take lightly. Anytime anybody gets in touch with us, makes a comment about, you know, oh, I listened to this episode, it really does, like, like it brightens our day. Mm-hmm. It's so exciting for us. We love it. It means so much. So thank you so much for the time that you give to this little podcast, and we hope that we're making you happy mm-hmm. and reawakening what we always talk about, that magic of the 80s and the 90s. And the X-Files is such a great part of the 90s. Oh, gosh, so. Yeah. Until then, we're going to close the doors. We're going to close this case.
1: Yes. Until the next time.
0: Until the next time, the truth is out there. We want to believe. We want to believe. This is Toby. And this is Brooke. Bye, guys.
2: Bye.